This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 30 degrees at 9.04. The forecast today is calling for clouds and a high near 40. But it is time to dig out the snow brush, the ice scraper, find the gloves, make sure the snow blower is all ready to go. Forecasters predict several inches of snow for the Twin Tiers overnight. The National Weather Service office in Binghamton has issued a winter weather advisory for Broome, Tioga, Cortland, Shenango, Delaware, Tompkins, Susquehanna, Bradford, and Wayne counties from... Some areas starting at 4 p.m., others 5 p.m., 6 p.m., all continuing into tomorrow. According to the updated statement that was posted by NOAA at 3.40 this morning, the Binghamton area was projected to get mixed precipitation from the storm with total snow accumulations of 1 to 4 inches. The ice accumulation was expected to consist of a light glaze. Forecasters with the National Weather Service say a period of snow was projected to move into the region during the evening hours before likely changing over to a wintry mix of rain, freezing rain, sleet, and some lingering snow late tonight into the morning. The mixed precipitation could cause some issues on the roadways overnight and into tomorrow morning's commute. While the Binghamton main forecast was calling for overnight snow accumulations of about two inches with little or no ice accumulation for tonight, forecasters caution higher amounts of snow could pile up at the higher elevations and a lot of the snowfall totals depend on how much rain is mixed in with that. The finishing touches are being applied to a massive indoor sports facility erected at the side of an air-supported dome that collapsed under the weight of weather in the town of Union a couple years ago. The original dome of the Greater Binghamton Sports Complex off Airport Road in Choconut Center collapsed under the weight of the record-breaking heavy, wet snow of December 2020. Then... Steel that had been erected for a replacement structure came crashing down last November in a sudden burst of wind. No one was injured in either incident. A few activities already have been held inside the new facility that has about 90,000 square feet of playing surface. The grand opening is expected to be held soon. In addition to sports activities, the facility is being marketed for use for parties and other events. WMBF First News Time, 906. A Johnson City man is to spend four years in New York State Prison after admitting he cut his child's grandfather with a knife and broken glass during a dispute in the village. 32-year-old David Maiella has been sentenced to prison time after he pleaded guilty to felony assault. Village police say when they were arriving at the scene at Pratt Avenue on February 27th, they find Mayella attacking the older man with a broken glass. The investigators previously said the injured man sustained several stab and slash wounds in the incident, and a child who was at the home at the time of the dispute was injured in a fall. Both were taken to Wilson Hospital for treatment. Authorities say the grandfather, whose name has not been released, had intervened in an argument that when he was slapped. An argument between Mayella and Mayella's child's mother when, according to the Broome County District Attorney's Office, Mayella had a prior conviction for criminal possession of a gun, and that was coming out of Albany County. WMBF News Time 907. 
new traffic signals at the intersection with Plaza Drive and the Vestal Parkway are scheduled to be operational today. The busy intersection is being signaled as part of the $25 million Route 434 Greenway project between Binghamton University campus and downtown Binghamton. Pedestrian signals will help people using the Greenway get across Plaza Drive. A striped crosswalk has been added. During the day, westbound motorists on the parkway that want to make a left-hand turn onto Plaza Drive will have to wait for a green arrow. New York State Department of Transportation study had indicated the signals at the intersection could result in a delay of 15 to 20 seconds during the busiest periods for eastbound drivers. The report is also indicating something that should be paid attention to. Additional stops and lines could increase the chance for being rear-ended for eastbound motorists approaching Plaza Drive. WMBF News Time 908. Tech entrepreneur Brandon Williams has been elected to Congress in a district in central New York, becoming the 11th Republican to win a House race this fall in New York, where Democrats usually dominate. Williams defeated Democrat Francis Canole in the contest to pick a successor to U.S. Representative John Katko, a Republican who is retiring from office. The Texas native and devout Christian is almost certain to be a more conservative voice in Washington than Catco. Catco is a moderate Republican who prized bipartisanship and was able to win repeatedly in a swing district. Williams opposes abortion rights, although he promised during the campaign not to vote for a national ban if elected. His win caps a remarkable midterm election for New York Republicans who came up short in campaigns for statewide offices like governor, but outperformed their national colleagues in U.S. House races. WMBF Newstime 909. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, cloudy, a high near 40. Now, the National Weather Service for the Binghamton area has issued a winter weather advisory from 5 p.m. today until 11 a.m. tomorrow. And that is for the Binghamton area. The advisory times vary for other counties, for example, Delaware and Shenango County, and also for some areas in Pennsylvania. Tonight... A 90% chance of rain showers, snow showers, freezing rain. Rain showers back around 3 o'clock in the morning, a low right around freezing. Little or no ice accumulation. The National Weather Service at this point is projecting for Binghamton new snow accumulations of around 2 inches. Wednesday, 70% chance of showers, mainly in the morning, a high in the mid-40s. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and a quarter of an inch. For Thursday, a slight chance of rain and snow showers through about midday, and then a slight chance of rain and snow showers again in the afternoon. In between, mostly cloudy and a high near 40. Friday, partly sunny, a high in the mid to upper 30s, and Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid 30s. Currently, it's 30 in Binghamton. It's 9:12. Where news breaks first, News Radio 1290 WMBF WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290 WMBF. I'm Joseph Live, WMBF, Tuesday morning, and let's do this. 
say. Let's do this now. In a crowded city, I call Martin. Undercover on the edge, I'm rolling. Faces stare across at me with eyes that look but cannot see. Out of reach, out of love, stepping out of bounds. Every day it's tomorrow, and I never know what's in the way of life. Every day it's tomorrow, and I feel someone moving close to me. Every day it's tomorrow, and I never know what's in the way of life. Made popular by Rodman Serling at Rec Park on Bethoven Street, no less. 607-772-1290. Got your dancing shoes on? I hope so. Let's take calls. Lots and lots of calls. We begin with Ron in Binghamton. Good morning, Bob. Yes, Bethoven and what's the other one? Seminary? I think it's semi-nary is there, too, isn't it? I believe. Yeah. Hey, I didn't want the show to get too far advanced today without... Oh, well, I didn't know if you were going to talk about today's big announcement. So, you know, just to make sure that we... You know, you know about the big announcement today, correct? <laughs> I, I meant to tell you, by the way, right at the outset of the show, that I have a big announcement coming up on, on the show today. And sometime during the program, I will be making a very big announcement. So I, I, guess, I guess somebody, you know, I've got to check security here because I thought, I thought I had kept a lid on and I was going to make the very big announcement, but apparently word is already out on the street. So, yes, there will be... A very big announcement coming up on today's program. Hey, Bob, I just thought of a trivia thing. Uh, what president uh, who could have run for a, uh, for a, four years said, I, I choose not to run. I do not choose to run. I think that's what he said. LBJ. <laughs> well, you know what? That's true, too. I was thinking of Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> well, I wasn't around then, so the only the only president who came to mind was LBJ, and that was mainly because of the scandal involving his dogs pulling his dogs up by their ears. I mean, obviously, PETA would have none of that. Yes, and you know what, Bob? I, I tell you true. Uh, that night uh, in 1968, I was watching TV. I was watching LBJ live, and he came out with that. And I thought I heard something wrong. I said, wait a minute, what, what's, what's wrong with this here? Because he did not indicate uh, prior that he was going to make such an announcement. So it was a shock. And um, I did listen to that live back in 68. But I, I'm, a, I'm thinking about the big announcement today, uh, which could go unnoticed and shouldn't. The United Nations has declared November 15th 2022 as the day of 8 billion to mark uh, the estimate that humanity has reached 8 billion people on the earth. 
and um, what this is going to mean. You know, Bob, uh, according to paleontologists, uh, we started out as Homo sapiens about 300,000 years ago. And it wasn't until 1804 that we reached 1 billion people on the planet. In 1804, estimated there was 1 billion people. Uh, by 1959, there were 3 billion people. You know, 1959, most of the people listening to the show, or many of the people listening to the show were around in 1959. There were 3 billion people on the earth. And today, only 63 years later, there are 8 billion people on the earth. And that we went from 7 billion to 8 billion in the last 12 years. So uh, we're putting a lot of people on the earth, and we've only got so much arable land and so much uh, fishing we can do and, uh, you know, getting rid of wildlife and so on. So uh, things are kind of touchy and well, the other thing, too, that you didn't even touch on, probably the most serious thing facing the world now, is the potential end of MacRib. Because with 8 billion people on the planet and the MacRib era, era ostensibly coming to a close, what will 8 billion people do? Admittedly, some people, a certain percentage of people, will never go near a MacRib for whatever reason, health or religious reasons. Um, but with the threat by the purveyors of Mac Rib that they're uh, going to pull the plug on that deliciousness filled mainly with some kind of sauce and probably high fructose corn syrup. I mean, that's I think that's one of the biggest problems facing the globe today. Well, I do. Uh, that is true. And I, I heard a rumor that uh, Little Debbie factories are maybe shutting down soon. And, uh, well, by the way, I mean, little Debbie isn't so little anymore. She's like 85 years old, and I'm not going to cast aspersions. I'll just say she uh, apparently enjoys snack foods. Yeah. you know, I mean, it's still, I mean, of course, the Little Debbie franchise was bound to get bigger, but I didn't think it would be that big that fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but we still have Spam. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, there's hope. Hey, Never assume, though. Never assume, because at any minute, the uh, bean counters at Hormel in Austin, Minnesota, might uh, pull the plug on that. I think a lot of people take things for granted that we'll always have our spam. I, for one, choose not to, and I'm sure probably within the next week to 10 days, there will be another one of those fabulous front-page stories on the uh, uh, what do they call it, the Wall Street Journals, um, predicting uh, an impending spam shortage. That's uh, well, one of their specialties. The Wall Street Journal, uh, the leader of all um, exclusive stories about impending shortages, which, of course, become self-fulfilling prophecies, except for the one they put out in July about a shortage of Halloween candy from the Hershey PR department. That didn't pan out, but and I'm sure the next Wall Street Journal shortage fear-mongering story from those liberals at the Wall Street Journal is just around the corner. Isn't that something? Now we have liberals at the Wall Street Journal. Say, Bob. Uh, yeah, and conservatives say, at the Times of New York. You know, I'm looking at some of the columnists at the Times of New York, and I'm saying, how did they get in there? Who, who 
let the uh, conservative columnists in at uh, even even at WAPO, Washington Post. Now they've got a conservative columnist. What's going on here? The world's upside down. Wall Street Journal, liberal, progressive, Times of New York, conservative columnist, at least one well, who hasn't been fired yet. Well, Bob, you know, it all started, I think, when the New York Times let in, I forget his first name, that Brooks fellow. What's his name? You know, the, the Brooks uh, commentator? Yeah. I know who uh, you're talking he, about, Brooks Brothers. Yeah. Oh, Brooks Brothers. You know, spam, just, just being on spam for one more second. Uh, spam is highly prized as a food in what part of the world and in what state of the Union? Hawaii. And Japan. The Japanese eat more spam per capita than any other country in the world. They can't get enough of their spam. And in Hawaii, spam is spam. By the way, I think you were thinking of Brett Stevens. No. No, I wasn't. Um, But he was one of those so-called conservative columnists at the Times for a, a period. I think he's still working for the Times of New York. It's but I know I, I know who you're, you know, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, David Brooks. David Brooks, thank you. Yes. He he was, uh, you know, he was a Fox News kind of guy, and all of a sudden he uh, he went to the Times. Yeah. and um, But he started to kind of, uh, he started to change over, you know, from conservative. This is what happens. Um, but we still have Peggy Newman at, uh, Noonan at the Wall Street Journal, so she's holding her own. Uh she was uh, what a speechwriter for W. No, she was a speechwriter. Well, she might have been for W. I don't think she was his main speechwriter. Uh, she was the speechwriter for Reagan, who came up with that great line uh, after the Challenger blew up, uh, where he said they left the surly bonds of earth and touched the face of God. That was her line, which was a. Is she know, credited with that? Yes. I see she's also credited with Read My Lips, No New Texas. You're kidding. That's what it says here, according to the Internet. Um, But you're right. They, uh, according to the Internet, uh, they credit her. Of course, she, as it says, she drew upon the poet John McGee's words. So it wasn't wasn't that she came up with the construct, but she applied it to that important moment and tragic time in American history where... Um, yeah, she basically appropriated something in, that poet John McGee previously had written, but it it was so appropriate at the time. Yeah, you know, Bob, I, I have a, a, a hint for any creative writers or budding creative writers that are in your viewing audience that there's this one uh, guy who wrote my years ago. Go to him. You get some good quotes that you can kind of steal. His name was Shakespeare. Yeah, he was overrated. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Anyway, thank you for the uh, uh, compelling topics to get us off on a fine start on this Tuesday. Hope you have a great day. Thank you. 924 WNBF. More calls from viewers like you coming right up. Let's check in with Karen Sweet O'Neill with an exclusive preview of tomorrow's broadcast. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Good. How's it going? Going pretty good. So what's, uh, well, so far, so good for me. I was just on a a spot of Binghamton where I've never been. I was born in Binghamton, and I've been a Binghamton area resident all my life. I finally Mm -hmm. found a spot in Binghamton where I had never set foot. 
and I did an exclusive video that I put on Twitter. Wow. I can't tell you where it is because oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, because I'm going to do a story about it later today. Because, <laughs> as with all all interesting places, there there is a story behind it, and I've been actually working for the last few weeks to gather some information. I've talked to the biggest people, the biggest and the best. I, I put a call into the mayor's office. I put a, a call into uh, the guy that runs things in Binghamton. I put a call into several other people, including a guy who used to be in charge of things here in Binghamton, and now he's moved to Vermont. And wasn't he surprised? I hadn't talked to him in about 20 years, and I called him. I had no idea he had moved to Vermont, and I said who I was, and he said, Bob Joseph, I haven't talked to you in 20 years. And so anyway, wow. it's it's been one of those stories. It's not... It's not big breaking news, but it's a little feature story that I intend to have on our uh, WNBF.com website later today because it's oh. a spot in Binghamton where very few people have ever been. Sounds like you walked down memory lane. Yes. Actually, it's just uh, about three blocks from memory lane. So maybe you know where I'm talking. Ah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, speaking of memory lane, yes. did you read that article uh, real quick on... Uh, that the, our historian did on his dad. Oh, uh, yes. Friend. I, what? well, yeah. I, I saw, I didn't read the whole thing. I read like the first part and then for some reason I got distracted and I, I need to uh, pick that up again and uh, read the whole thing because I, I saw it was compelling and it was a very, it was a very uh, thoughtful piece. So I, I, I like the concept. Yeah. Yeah, that Jerry was, Smith. Was, that Jerry Smith is good. Yeah, he is good, and it was just interesting. You know, it was. I said, "Oh, what a nice little what a tribute to his dad." I liked that. Yeah, column. it was wonderful. And yeah. as I say, see, it's stuff like that that you know, those little uh, gems that show up in the Press and Sun Bulletin and also at PressConnects.com. Those are the things that make life worthwhile. When I I come across something that's unique and that you can find nowhere else i say that's why i love the press and sun bulletin and pressconnects.com <laughs> i'm serious that's why i well, every every month at about this time i write a check because i'm old-fashioned <laughs> people ask bob you still write checks i say yeah because i'm old-fashioned and because Especially not for everything, but for the newspaper subscription, I always want to know exactly how much I'm paying. So at about this time of month, I say, oh, "Let's see, six hundred eighty dollars." Well, that seems a little, a little steep, but I understand they they have expenses to cover. So um, you know, I I continue to support them with my hard-earned money. I I've decided I can afford to continue subscribing to the Press and Sun Bullets, and I don't need to eat that much. No, you don't. And I don't need to keep the temperature above 40. I mean, you know, you have to prioritize. I say supporting a local newspaper is very important. Well, and hopefully we'll continue to have it, you know. I so hope so. I, I, I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's critical for a, a city like Binghamton to still have its uh, local newspaper. I mean, we've had it since 1904, so let's let's keep rooting for it. There you go. So anyway, what's uh, what's on tap for tomorrow's uh, feature? Tomorrow's feature, we are going to talk about Medicare again, Bob, but uh, we're going to talk about 
open enrollment, um, all of the uh, pluses that people are going to experience in January with Medicare and Social Security. Also, we're going to touch base on some, um, uh, what are, I guess they're letters that are being sent to some of the IBM retirees that enrolled in the group Medicare Advantage PPO. So we're going to talk about that. And basically what they're doing is they're saying you might, be, you might have a late enrollment penalty and how to um, address that and uh, to not, you know, not be nervous that that's probably not something that you do have. Um, and just for example, if you're, if you're a veteran, a vet, and you, ha you get your prescription drug coverage through the vet um, clinic, Medicare doesn't necessarily know that. So when you join this program, the first thing that um, United Healthcare does is they send your enrollment application to Medicare because that's the system. And Medicare says, hey, where have they been all this time with their prescription drug coverage? And they don't see it. So they generate these letters out to these um, seniors and say, you know, you might have a late enrollment penalty and you have to respond right away. And, of course, it makes them very anxious because they don't want a penalty. So we'll talk about, you know, how you address that and how do you uh, fix that. And um, let's see, I think that's a lot. We might talk about annuities if we get a minute. The annuity rates are very high, and that's also a very good thing. We are up on the parkway, 1708, Vestal Parkway East. Our number is 772-4898, and we are taking um, enrollment appointments. We are getting booked up. Uh, we're booking last November, last week in November, first week in December. So, and as um, everyone knows, you only have till December seventh. So, it's probably time is time is of the essence to do it now. Give us a call six zero seven 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 two forty eight ninety eight. You can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, or simply go to a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages, and have a great day, Bob. Thanks, Karen. Hope you enjoy your day, and we'll talk again tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Take care. It's 931, Bob Joseph live on WNBF and WNBF.com. Coming up, the voice of the people, 607-772-1290, or send an email to bob at WNBF.com. When I have... Joseph live at 934 taking the calls 607-772-1290 John in Binghamton you're on the air yeah Dr. John I I would prefer Leon Russell if I was looking for that kind of uh, well, stay tuned you never yeah. know on this show uh you know I'm I'm intrigued by statements that people make uh, you know whether they have the ring of truth because nowadays there doesn't seem to be uh uh, a screen that people run by things before they make them. One of the most interesting things, and I did write a chow, the Council of Churches, is this thing that they put forth. It's on their website. Uh, five meals for a dollar. Each dollar you contribute to chow uh, gives us five meals. Now, they don't say how, how that is done. Uh, Maybe I, it's Spam sandwiches? I don't know. I've heard that too. I, w I wondered how you can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's 
seems to be, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, so I wrote them. Maybe I'll get an explanation. But to me, if I'm on the board of directors of that organization, I'd say, well, what's what's this what's this about? You know, it just doesn't. I mean, it uh, other than Jesus with the with the fish. It oh, I know to... that was that was in the sermon this past Sunday about the uh, five loaves and two fish. Yeah. So uh, I'm with creationists for Trump now. Uh, and I'm awaiting uh, our uh, our leader statement. I, uh, and it's interesting that New York State uh, has this uh, throughway belt of uh, Brandon Williams one, and uh, has now has a complete uh, upstate North Country block for Trump. I mean Langworthy, uh, Tenney, uh, Brandon Williams, Stefanik. Uh, these people weren't lukewarm to Trump. Uh, they are among the staunchest uh, Trump supporters uh, in the nation, and uh, that's something uh, to be proud of. Uh, you know, uh, finally, there's a lot of recrimination. I mean, Sean Hannity's ridiculous. I mean, here he was touting all these races, uh, you know, that were close. I mean, both. Can I ask and, you, just between you and me, sometimes you think that Hannity is being disingenuous and sometimes deceptive in the things that he says on his radio program? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy was really stoking, and then he would issue a little disclaimer. Now, I want to, you know, so now, so yesterday, he's playing the disclaimer. You know, I told you people, I mean, it's clear what he did. He had uh, stuff in the can that could go either way, and to let himself, but I mean, he was outrageous. I mean, uh, I mean, I listen, I listen to the program every chance I get, and uh, a lot of times I, I find myself uncontrollably shaking my head because to me as a broadcast professional i can see right through them i mean i yeah. I, I mean before this election it was obvious before the 2020 election i mean he he stakes out these positions and as you say sort of as an afterthought like uh some sort of pharmaceutical company forced to put on a, a disclaimer at the end of their spot he he does the disclaimer but he does it with you know no enthusiasm so it would be very easy for the sean hannity fan to overlook the disclaimer after he spent say 30 minutes pontificating on something and and basically telling you one thing and then going into break yeah but of course it might not happen more after this you know yeah. that's it, it that's his style i mean yeah. but it works and the other thing and excuse me for this is inside baseball, but you hear the program every darn hour. He starts off with the thing they call it the new Sean Hannity show, and he's been doing that now for about twelve years. I mean, come on, man, pay what? pay uh, a decent New York City union voiceover announcer to get a new intro and say, "Now the world famous Sean Hannity" or something like that. But you know, the new Sean Hannity show. I haven't heard anything new on there in the last. 12 years come on man well it's 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 a very tedious and uh uh you know uh, uh the uh, the fox is 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 increasingly becoming irrelevant i i feel uh the morning show reminds me now of uh, jim and tammy baker you know they used to mix in a little <laughs> politics and that's well, because it's 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 going it's going uh, religious now. You know this nominal uh, Christianity that that Fox. Oh, are that they is. doing that now? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, and again, 
and I try not to um, touch on religion very much because it's sensitive and everybody has has their own beliefs or non-beliefs, whatever. And I, I, I always say whatever you choose to believe is, is fine by me. I do have to say sometimes when I see uh, stuff like that on commercial TV, and, and I've noticed it on some Fox programs, you don't notice it much on, on say, the other commercial channels every once in a while it'll slip in but primarily on fox some of those things that to me and again maybe i've got it all wrong but a lot of times i think it's just inserted in the broadcast sort of gratuitously and and even cynically do you ever get that feeling oh yeah i did have correspondence with uh, the the priest the father jonathan or whatever his name was i had some correspondence with him uh, about the whole thing and if you notice, uh, the bishop, uh, New York uh, bishop, the cardinal, uh, was uh, Dolan was uh, is conspicuously absent. He used to be sort of a a regular guest. And uh, as far as religion goes, let me tell you one thing: uh, Doctor Oz lost because of his religion, uh, and it was best explained to me during the Romney presidential bid where someone said to me, he said, you know, there is no Baptist, Southern or otherwise, that's going to vote for a Mormon uh, as president. And I, I think that was the, uh, not it's not talked about, but that was the deciding factor. One more fact, bringing it back to local, or one more opinion, uh, you know, accountability. Now it's time for B.J. Dada uh, and his Republican elite to, to tell us exactly why Rich David and Sophia Resonetti, and these are the two biggest offices other than Congress that was was running under his uh, his leadership, why that those candidacies failed. I think it's time for him to own up uh, and and realize that the that the that there there's a better way to to get to the voters than than what they accomplished. As they say on the radio, stay tuned. That's John in Binghamton. Thank you. At 9.42, Bob Joseph live on your Tuesday morning. Stand by. More calls are planned. We'll see if my plans change. Also, stay tuned for a very important announcement coming up today here on this program. I'm Bob Joseph. I think you'll be interested in the very big announcement. Is coming up in just minutes on News Radio WNBF 921 FM 1290 AM and always available on the free WNBF app. You want. Come on, 945, Bob Joseph live on a Tuesday morning, uh, getting the job done, even if other people fear to tread. Sometimes certain things do need to be said, and this is the program 
where they will be said. Can't speak for any other programs. I'm only responsible for this broadcast. Thank you for your support. And Charles Schumer is speaking uh, for the first time since those um, very interesting midterm elections. Despite the negativity and divisiveness, the threats of violence and even the violence itself that occurred with MAGA Republicanism dominating the country, the American people stepped back from the precipice and chose progress and getting things done. Getting things done, that is what America wants. Getting things done. A lot of people have tried to prevent things from getting done, but the truth is now things can get done. Now that all the pettiness and the nastiness and the churlishness of the campaign has been put behind us, we can look forward with increasing vigor and enthusiasm for the prospects of great things in 2023. And uh, I think, I think the American people will be very pleased with the outcome, assuming everybody works to compromise. I know in some quarters, compromise is the worst word, and in some cases, some people would set their parental controls to prevent the word compromise from being heard on radio or TV because they don't want their children exposed to that kind of language. But the truth is, if you look back on the history of America, the biggest, the biggest accomplishments in the United States over two-plus centuries have been a result of compromise. So, compromise, there. I said it. Call the FCC and say Bob Joseph is using the C word on the air, and he's done it repeatedly. He said compromise at least half a dozen times between 9.46 and 9.48 a.m. The American people spoke, spoke loud and clear. Democrats will retain the majority in the Senate. And there you go. So there's another thing. That, that means, of course, that... The opposition is not going to kick the president out of his beautiful home at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, unless he does something horrific. I mean, if he does something that indeed is impeachable by the House, and then during a trial, the Senate, thoughtfully considering the evidence, then could vote and, and determine whether um, the president has to leave early. Hopefully, the president won't have to leave early. But, you know, if he does something impeachable, even Democrats in the Senate would have to say, whoa, whoa, the evidence is overwhelming and compelling, and so Joe must go. But it appears highly unlikely. Now, as far as going forward with the House of Representatives, yes, of course, from a news standpoint, we can anticipate um, more investigations, more recriminations, more um, accusations about uh, you-know-who and you-know-what. That's a given. It's inescapable, but that's how our system works. So um, House Republicans will be able to do what they feel they must in order to maintain a degree of relevance, so that's something to look forward to starting in January. 
as program looks forward. We try not to relitigate uh, things that happened in the past, except for January 6th. Obviously, we can never forget January 6th, 2021, and we won't forget. Bob Joseph, News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Welcome to. Z1290. Can you imagine if we rebranded and called ourselves Z1290 instead of News Radio 1290 and 92.1 FM? Z1290 with the morning zoo. That's my vision. Oh, wait. I wasn't supposed to make the big announcement so soon. Oh, well, now you know. Anyway, uh, details to come, I'm sure. Sooner or later. Unless they unless they say no details. <laughs> no details. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the email. Let's see what uh, the uh, viewing public is sending in to Bob at WNBF.com. Uh, Jesse from Owego regarding uh, Dr. Oz. He writes, another reason why Dr. Mehmet Oz lost the election is that he couldn't relate to the middle and low income voters. That's absolutely true. Similar, and I've said this before about Hannity. Hannity tries to sound like the average Joe when in fact He's nothing close to average Joe. One thing that Hannity will, likes to talk about, well, you know, I was a construction worker. Yeah, decades ago. Yeah, I worked in a convenience store once, too. Does that make me an average Joe? No. But I'm closer to being an average Joe. I'm closer to being an average Joe than Hannity or Dr. Oz. Come on, man. Dr. Oz knows nothing about middle or low-income voters. Hannity might know a little bit more, but not much. I mean, he's a guy who lives in a mansion on Long Island. He sold his other Long Island mansion a few years ago, ostensibly in preparation for his flight from New York State to Florida, you know, after threatening for years. So, New York, blah, blah, is bad, woof, woof. Everything is terrible in New York. And he just wouldn't leave. He just wouldn't leave. He kept promising he would leave New York when his kids got out of school. Well, his kids now are like 50. Okay, that's an exaggeration. I believe all of Hannity's kids are now out of school, I think. So, leave already. I don't think he even threatens to leave New York anymore. But go to, New York, uh, go to Florida, become a Florida guy. Work for the DeSantis campaign. You worked for the Trump campaign for the last five and a half years. Now, if you want to keep working for the Trump campaign, go ahead. Go ahead. Or go to work for the DeSantis campaign. Now, Hannity, with his show, every, every time I tune in, it's always us versus them. Us and them. 
no matter how he looks at results of anything, us and them. That's no way. At least give the impression that we're not a totally divided country, but every time he makes a reference to any race, us and them, well, we, we're doing well, even in the run-up to the election, talking about the polls. Well, we have a good chance. It's like, come on. There are more than Republicans who are trying to listen to the program. Give them an opportunity to express themselves, even if they don't live in mansions. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Yes, I'm Beverly number two. Hi. How are things? Because I've heard Beverly number one. <laughs> but anyway, um, I wanted to tell you about this phone call I got from the publisher's clearinghouse. And uh, I didn't answer it, of course, because I didn't recognize the name, which was Bob Morley. And so this guy calls on the phone and said, you've won the Megan Million Publisher Clearinghouse $18,500,000 and a Mercedes-Benz. And he said, all you have to do is call this number, and they'll give you information. There's a fee, and you can win all this money. How do you like that? Yeah, I like it. Did you recognize my voice? No. <laughs> See, I tried to change my voice just a little bit so I wouldn't be discovered right away. All I have to do is find like seven or eight people who fall for the scam, and I'm on easy street. But, well, of course, I'm kidding. But, yeah, it's a scam. And to your point, any time that anybody calls you out of the blue promising untold riches and then says there's a fee, that's, that's when you know it's a total scam. Well, I didn't answer the, the call, of course, because I didn't recognize the name. But what gets me, I get the call one day, like during the day. Then they call again at 11 o'clock at night. My phone rang. Who calls you at 11 o'clock at night? It scared me to death because they thought, oh, my goodness. I know. Usually after, after about 9 o'clock, any call you get is not good news. Well, thanks for the uh, word of warning to our listeners. Watch out for that scam. More calls coming up. It's 10 o'clock, WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It is 10.04, just an overcast day so far. 31 degrees, a little east wind at 5 miles an hour. Makes it feel like it's in the mid-20s. Clouds today and a high near 40. However, snow could be starting late this afternoon or evening, depending on where you are in the twin tiers. National Weather Service in Binghamton is cautioning, however, accumulating snow is most likely coming. A winter weather advisory is in effect for the entire region with notices taking effect earlier in the afternoon in Pennsylvania about 4 p.m., then 5 p.m. for Broome, Tioga, Cortland, and Tompkins counties, and 6 p.m. for Shenango and Delaware. Nonetheless, forecasters are predicting one to four inches snow accumulation and ice accumulation of a light glaze to complicate tomorrow morning's commute as motorists get used to winter driving again. The current forecast for Binghamton is calling for a possible accumulation of snow 
overnight of two inches. Higher amounts are always possible in the higher elevations. And of course, the amount of accumulating snow will depend on how much rain mixes in. The projected snowfall totals aren't very much really by winter standards, but the first accumulating snow always poses an issue on roadways. Residents can prepare now by making plans to have some extra time tomorrow to clear snow from vehicles and allow extra travel time as motorists relearn their winter driving skills. WMBF First News Time, 10.05. New York State Police say a central New York woman is accused of skipping over $1,000, over $1,000 worth of merchandise while using a self-scanner in Cortlandville. 37-year-old Ashley Jenkins of Homer is accused of ringing up some items while not scanning hundreds of dollars worth of other merchandise on Friday evening. State police say the alleged theft happened at the Walmart around 6.30. Jenkins is charged with felony grand larceny and has been ordered to appear in Cortlandville Town Court later on this month. WMBF Newstime 1006. The Town of Union Economic Development Office has over a million dollars to help spur business development in the western part of Broome. The Union EDO has set up a new $1.5 million grant program using money from the 2021 American Rescue Plan Act. According to a news release from the town, the funds will be used to help start up and establish businesses and commercial property owners in the town of Union, including the villages of Johnson City and Endicott and the hamlets of Endwell, Choconut Center, Union Center, West Corners, Westover, and West Endicott. Officials say there are five types of grants under the ARPA program, Kickstart Entrepreneurial Grants, Small Business Sustainability Grants, project-specific infrastructure improvement funding, reimagine union demolition and site preparation funding, and the 50-50 commercial facade grant. Business applicants will have to initially meet with the Economic Development Director, Joseph Moody, before filling out an application. He can be reached by telephone at 607-786-2945 or via email at jmoody at townofunion.com. Information on the grant programs can be found at the Town of Union website under departments slash economic development. We also have a link to that at our website at wmbf.com. WMBF News Time 1008. Pennsylvania's Democratic Governor-elect Josh Shapiro is going to be taking office with a decisive mandate from voters in the Commonwealth who overwhelmingly rejected a Republican drive to pare back abortion rights and voting laws in the premier battleground state. Pennsylvania's two-term attorney general will take the reins in a state riven by bitter bitter partisanship over voting laws and the management of the COVID-19 pandemic by his predecessor, fellow Democrat, Governor Tom Wolf. Also, with the 2024 presidential election coming up, big questions remain unresolved over Pennsylvania's voting laws. Still, Shapiro stresses that his blowout victory is a salute to crossover support from Republican voters in the Commonwealth. He says he has a mandate to bring people together and work with Republicans. WMBF News Time, 1009. The National Weather Service has issued a winter weather advisory in effect from late this afternoon 
through about midday or early afternoon tomorrow for the entire Twin Tiers area. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast for today, cloudy, a high near 40. Tonight, a 90% chance of rain showers, snow showers, freezing rain. Little or no ice accumulation is expected and an accumulation of new snow possible about two inches. The low tonight around freezing in the low 30s. Tomorrow, a 70% chance of mainly morning showers. Clouds a high in the mid 40s. Thursday, clouds, a slight chance of rain and snow showers and a high near 40. Friday, partly sunny, a high in the mid to upper 30s. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high in the mid 30s. Currently, it's 31 in Binghamton. It's 10-11, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph live. Another big hour ahead of us. 607-772-1290 is the number to call to talk on News Radio WNBF. of darkness there are the peace take peace take take this country come take me home again the peace train yes the phoebe snow the legendary eerie lackawanna you know all those things that we've been promised and never to have again Oh, you could have uh, railroad service between Scranton and New York City or Binghamton to New York City. Yeah, right. We can't have nice things because of GM and the automotive industry that worked to dismantle America's passenger rail service. So thank you, Detroit. Thank you for taking the best mode of transportation away from good people like you and me. All I want is to be able to get on a thing, I guess you would call it a train, over there at Lewis Street, over at the railroad station. Okay, the train station. I want to get on there, and then I want to be able to ride from there down to Manhattan. Why is it so difficult? We're the greatest country on the planet, and we can't have dependable, reliable efficient rail service i mean come on man 607-772-1290 is the number if you want to fire off a feisty email send it to bob at wnbf.com select emails could actually be read on the air there's also a report that there will be a very big announcement coming up on the program that's what we're hearing People familiar with the situation are saying that there will be a very, very big announcement. Dale from Binghamton, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Well, here it comes, winter weather. I knew it would. I knew it would. 
every year I get used to it. You know, I'm driving through a lot of stuff and uh, being a truck driver. But anyway, every year I'd have to get used to it again. But now they're talking about 55 inches. I saw the kid on on TV said something like 50 to 55 inches. And he also said you had to download the Snow app. He said you, oh, you need to download the Snow app <laughs> so you know. Yeah, he said he was going to take uh, video so we would have uh, the latest oh, snow boy. pictures on the uh, special Snow app. Yeah, I've seen worse uh, above. In a tractor trailer above, I couldn't even, it was like a slot driving down the interstate. You know, this one was that high, you know. If I was Every driving, year, if I, I was driving one of those big rigs, I'd be afraid I would jackknife. Oh, boy. And let me tell you, you know, it's uh, it's not an easy job. I and mean, you need to know what you're doing. But the whole thing is, you need to get used to it every year. You know, I would take a slow and get used to it. So you know what you're driving on snow or ice or anything, you know. And well, I hope like I hope there are no I hope there are no crashes tomorrow morning around here. Yeah, I hope so too. You know, and that's that's the uh, something I I uh, don't like to see. But anyway, um, um. I, I had some else to say, but that's kind of important. Yeah, right the now. weather right now is the most important thing, so I appreciate your you call. and ready for it. All right, brace yourself, and uh, when you go out on the road, please, please, be Dale, careful. Well, be careful and buckle up. That's right. Thank you. Uh, it's, that's important. Two things, the watchwords, well, actually three things. One, of course, be careful. Two, buckle up. And three, turn around, don't drown. And people are saying, well, Bob, we're talking about snow. Yeah, but eventually the snow could melt, and then what are you supposed to do? Well, it's winter time, so we can go right through it. Yeah, you could, and then what if it's deeper than you thought? You see what I'm saying? By the way, since it came up, here's the official guidance. This is from the team led by Dave Nicosia up at the United States Weather Bureau. Winter weather advisory remains in effect from 5 p.m. this afternoon to 11 a.m. Wednesday. This is not a test. It's not a drill. We're not saying this for our health. We're saying this so you know what to expect. Mixed precipitation, total snow accumulations of one to four inches, and ice accumulations of a light glaze similar to something you would find on a chocolate-covered donut on Nanticoke Avenue, Monday through Friday. This winter weather advisory encompasses the Twin Tiers region, including Broome and Tioga counties and Cortland and Tompkins and so on and so forth. So starting at 5 o'clock this afternoon and running till 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, Plan on slippery road conditions. The hazardous conditions could impact the morning or evening commute. Now, for additional context and perspective, a period of snow will move into the region this evening before likely changing over to a wintry mix of rain, freezing rain, sleet, and perhaps some lingering snow late tonight into tomorrow morning. Temperatures will be in the upper 20s to mid-30s through the events. Remember, this is not just weather, it's an event. The higher 
and snow and ice totals we found across the higher elevations. Now, what does this mean for you? It means when you venture out tonight or tomorrow, be careful, buckle up, and turn around, don't drown. Right now in downtown Binghamton, let's see if we can never remember the security code now for our thermometer because we don't want people unauthorized people to have access to our thermometer okay it says it's 36 right here in downtown binghamton at the beautiful wnbf tower so anyway that's where we are now folks um now i will say unfortunately because of hazardous travel conditions there is a chance that i will not be here tomorrow but more on that later in the program just trying to break this to you gently i just want to alert you and uh, also the affiliates and again because of dangerous weather conditions i may not be able to do the broadcast wednesday but by thursday if the roads have been plowed and treated and if conditions improve enough for me to make it to the WNBF Tower on Thursday morning, I would plan to be here, certainly by probably 10 o'clock at the latest. You're listening to Bob Joseph Live on a Tuesday morning, the calm before the storm on News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Welcome. WNBF taking calls at 607-772-1290 traffic alert Parkway if you drive on the Parkway in Vestal as thousands and thousands of people do every hour this important traffic alert brought to you by news radio WNBF in the public interest the uh, new signals are going to be fired up at the uh, Parkway and Plaza Drive this is the intersection very close to the Fox 40 global headquarters on the parkway. So if you see a sign that says Fox 40, uh, that's the indicator that new traffic signals are going to be fired up. Now, I don't know if they've fired them up because today I intentionally avoided the parkway because I had other places to go on my way in. But uh, when I was there uh, Monday afternoon, they were already playing with the uh, signals. I was shocked. I was shocked they, uh, well, I won't say playing, they were uh, installing and testing the signals, but um, in a cruel twist, you could actually see the red, yellow, and green lights uh, as the uh, crew was testing, cycling the, the signals through. And I thought, wow, that could be dangerous. Can you imagine? Say, if you were driving on the parkway and then suddenly at an intersection that for the last 80 years had no signal, and then suddenly, as you're enjoying your mochaccino or whatever you're enjoying, 
suddenly you're going there at exactly 45 miles an hour and suddenly you see this red signal and then of course you don't want to go through a red signal so you slam on the brakes and then well you know the rest anyway when i was there and saw those red yellow and green lights on display as they tested the new signals i didn't see any crashes so hopefully hopefully everybody survived but i was i was deeply disturbed because i didn't think you were supposed to test signals that way but you know why not it's like swimming throw them in the deep end well, uh, you know, uh, we could put up uh, warning signs for like uh, a few weeks to get people acclimated, and then we could put it on a test pattern uh, with flashes and stuff to get people used to a signal there, or we could just mysteriously display red at 2.15 in the afternoon to see how it goes. It's like, well, some people will get it and some people won't. It's like survival of the fittest. Sounds like some sort of cheesy reality show on CBS. Uh, the people who brought you Big Mother will now bring you Parkway traffic signal fiasco. Carolyn Johnson City, good morning. Well, this is the Rovering Reporter, and it's about time you stop talking. I'm telling you, I, <clears throat> there's, after Mass this morning, I drove down the Parkway. <clears throat> excuse me. There's big... Uh, lit sign, the letters probably five feet high saying opening, you know, whatever tomorrow, 1115. Not the time, of course, but the date, November 15. Today. Yeah, which is today. Today's the day, baby. Today's the 15th? Yeah, baby. Well, they weren't open at nine, they weren't open at 830, nine o'clock this morning. Well, I got my days mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, I, no, it's tomorrow's the fifteenth. No, Sorry. today's the fifteenth, so that means between now and midnight they'll probably turn them on, but they won't they, tell us they when. They had us funneling into a one lane, so probably they'll keep it like that for a while until, like you used the word acclimated, uh, to the fact that there's going to be stoplights there. They're, I don't think they're trusting two laners. <laughs> well, I hope there are no problems. Yes, I'm sorry about the date. I got my dates mixed up. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. You know, what I'm concerned about for my friends who work over at Fox 40, I mean, going to work and going out to lunch and covering stories, so at this intersection with new signals, what happens when they're at the signal and they want to make a right turn, and so the green displays, then they think they're safe, but some goofball who's not paying attention heading eastbound, what if they slam their big truck into the little Fox 40 car. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering if that's temporary or permanent, because you've got three lights within, like, a couple hundred yards of each other. You've got the one in front of the in front of the plaza. I still call it, you know, the Vestal Plaza area. And then you've got the one that's over by NYSEG, or the M&T Bank there on the corner. But that, this one here is going to be, like, centered between the two of them. So as you're coming up over the hill from that one light, like the new one, uh, you know, there could be, don't accelerate too much because you might be running into another red light, you know, within like 100 yards of each other. A DOT study, and this is the research I did, a DOT study that was released years ago indicated the additional stops in queuing 
with a signal at this intersection could increase the potential for rear-end crashes for eastbound drivers as they uh, approach the intersection. So what do you think of that? Well, I believe this morning, coming down Riverside Drive, there was a taxi cab, one of those do-it-yourself taxi cabbers, <laughs> I think. He was on my, on my uh, back bumper so close that why do people do that? Why do people do that? I don't understand. I'm trying to keep a safe distance between myself and the car in front of me, and he's, you know, I so I I, uh, I pump the brakes, you know, like to signal, like, get off, and it occasionally it works. It really works. Yeah, and, uh, but you know what I'm concerned about, and don't, please don't broadcast this just between you and me. <laughs> just between you and me. Yeah. I love those when you say that. <laughs> right. So confidentially, I'm worried tomorrow because isn't this... Isn't this just the luck? They're going to turn on their new multi-million dollar traffic signals at the Plaza Drive intersection just in time for a winter storm advisory with ice, <laughs> snow, sleet, and the potential for the end of the universe. And then people will be traveling tomorrow morning drink, drinking their Slopacino and, uh, and probably texting and, of course, listening to WNBF with James Kelly and Kathy White, so they'll be multitasking, and that means they won't be paying a darn bit of attention. And then, at the last possible minute, they see the red signal that's never been there before at the intersection as they head toward downtown Binghamton. Then they slam on the brakes, and they can't stop because it's covered with snow and ice. And then what? Well, I, I think the, the truck driver friend of yours that just hung up, you know, uh, you have to, like... Practice driving in the snow again. People have this short-term memory about, like, what the heck happened. <laughs> I know. Uh, but on TV last night, they had a special uh, segment about winter driving tips. It was I was taking copious notes. He said, one thing, slow down. This is a winter driving tip. One thing is to slow down. Another thing is to have good tires. Because he said, oh, if you don't have if you don't have good tires, all bets are off. I just got brand new, four new tires. Wow, the most aggressive one, eight hundred and twenty-two dollars and change for four new tires. Very aggressive, deep tread. Well, that's smart because then you're going to be safe. Well, I needed them. I was just waiting for, you know, for winter to uh, right come around the corner so well all i can say is be careful and i'll tell you what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my part tomorrow of course i may not be able to make it in because of the um bad road conditions so i may not be on till thursday but say if i do venture in tomorrow despite the adversity i'm not going to go on the parkway i don't dare even even in the interest of journalism i'll send james kelly to cover it <laughs> oh I missed the one day. Did he cover for you on the talk show one day? I don't know. I wasn't listening. On my day off, I don't let. No, I. Uh, I Only because I think I heard. No, he, he, he said he did. He said he did, but I, I didn't listen. But he said he was going to, so. This was a couple months ago, wasn't it? Or, or am I imagining? Uh, the passing of time is. Yeah, a few weeks ago. Okay. But I think he did. I didn't. I didn't hear it, but I know where I can get a tape of it. I might listen to it because I need. I need a few pointers. I'm getting a little rusty. <laughs> no. 
All Never. Right. What else is going on? Did you know it's only 191 days till opening day? Well, I, I was going to count. Yes. Is that what it is? One, one I just made one. that up. I have no idea. Oh, okay. No, it's well, actually less. It's well, it's actually, okay. it's got to so, be like okay, let's December, 150. January, February, March. Wait, when is opening day? Three times four is 12. That's 120. Wait, what? So when is opening day? November, April? At the end of November and the beginning of the first week of April. So 120 plus what? 21. <laughs> Wait, now I have to look it up. Let's see. Binghamton Mets. Binghamton Mets. Because I, I forgot to write down. Oh, here it is. Oh, it's the Rumble Ponies. Hmm. It says Rumble Ponies will open the season April 6th on the road up in Maine. Beautiful Portland, Maine. Maybe I'll go see my buddy. I'll go see my buddy. Yeah. And then the uh, home, home opener will be on April 11th. Is it a Thursday? Uh, I think it's... They're always Thursdays. Tuesday. Oh, no, they changed. They ch- oh, that's they, right. Yeah. The schedule has changed. So, I have a calculator. There's. Uh, it's actually only 147 days, so it doesn't seem that bad. 147 days, we can survive that. No, I was, I was close when I said uh, 120 plus three weeks. <laughs> All right. Are you going to go to the home opener? Well, yes, I'm currently paying on my season ticket. Right. Oh, you have to commit to three years to get a certain price. Well, if not, you're going to be paying. Are you sitting down? Well, no, you're not sitting down. Four eighty-five versus four fifty-five. Well, they've got to incentivize. Which is a far cry from the three twenty and two ninety. Well, three twenty, three hundred twenty. Well, the started. cost of everything. Cost of everything bad. has gone up. Yeah, that's a lot of entertainment. Your per-game ticket is still less than what the general admission is when you divide it out. You know, now I'm I'm hungry for a stadium dog. <laughs> I'm just hungry. Well, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 147 days. I'll see you April 11th at 6.35 p.m. 6.35. Oh, does it say who they're playing? Somerset. Oh, oh my God! That's the, the Patriots. Yankee Farm. Yes, team. so it'll be sort of a Subway series. Holy cow! Thank you, Scooter. Well, I've been I've been to uh, the Portland Sea Dogs probably twice. Well, I've, I've driven to LL Bean probably three but, four times. But I heard that their stadium in Portland, compared to Binghamton's, is a dump. No. Well, well, when I was there back in 1998, George Bush. Now, which one of the President Bushes did they call W? Is it the father? No, the son. Oh. Because the father it? was George Herbert Walker Bush. Okay. And then That's the, per- uh, the was- son is George W. Bush, okay, which means so- win. George Win Bush. So H.W. I mean, not H.W. Herbert Walker. He's the father. I'm, I'm going to say the father. He was pres- president back in 98 when he was there. And he was sitting way in the back, in the top of the row, uh, top of the uh, seating area, right below the uh, telecasting, not telecasting, the radio booth. And uh, and he left early, and I did not get a chance to see him. But the first base side bleachers, and that's why they don't call them bleachers, the seating, is 
sort of abbreviated because there's a sports building there. They call it the Field and Track House, and I'm not sure if it's for the high school or what, you know, because I don't know if that place started out as a as a high school ballpark. But their games do start earlier, like 6.30, because they're so far east, they get dark soon, right. even in the summer. Have you ever been to Kenny Bunkport? I... To see the Bush compound? I drove past it, and the only reason I recognized it is because my daughter and I were looking at postcards in a shop just before that, and, uh, and I recognized it. It's like a little peninsula that comes out from the, uh, from the mainland, but as you're driving along the road... It's uh, like a little waterway cross to to it. Yeah, I was there. I was looking. I just have to tell you, tell you, I was looking at it with my binoculars, and I wasn't sure if there were security people that were looking back at me. With oh, you can bet. I, I was parked alongside the road because uh, as you're going, uh, it, it's right there. You're, you're you're driving the length of it. Mm. Yeah, I was there. I I took. I had my friend take a picture of me. Uh, just to, with Kenny Bunkport with the Bush compound in the background. And he said the only good thing for us at that time, the reason why we didn't have any trouble is we knew that the president wasn't there. We knew that he was probably at the White House. He wasn't at Kenny Bunkport. Oh, Other, that, well, that's other, what we didn't know. I, yeah. I didn't know where he was. So, But I, when you said compound, it uh, made me think of the Kennedy compound in mm. Hyannisport. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, keep keep me posted if you see them fire up that traffic signal. Give me uh, give me a call. We'll do a, a news alert. Well, uh, yes, I will. I will let you know. Yeah. In the meantime, I say avoid that area for like next month or two. Well, it's great on the weekends. You know, if you're going that way, uh, of course, it doesn't. Uh, you know, get into one lane. Direct. Mm-hmm. You know, directing you into one lane. It, it is two. But, uh, Do you think but, they're ever going to get that done? I mean, they've been making the, building this greenway, it seems like, forever. I mean, what's taking so long? Well, it's, uh, the, it's the terrain. They're going up the hill and then down. And when you're driving along the Vestal Parkway, you can almost, uh, as you're going uh, from Endicott toward uh, Binghamton, you could see like a little stone wall, and I, I'm just wondering how close those walkers are going to be to traffic. Do you think there'll how be well any? Li- uh, you know, if they can be preyed upon at night, I see them putting up uh, light poles. Yeah, but what about criminals? Don't you think there'll well, be that's a, what I mean. a criminal I, I, element? You couldn't pay me to walk along that thing, especially if it's going to get you know behind some trees, especially on the parkway where you're. Uh, you, you get past the. Because then you get trapped. What if what if you get a bad guy on coming from you from downtown and a bad guy coming from Vestal? Then you're you're trapped. You're stuck in the middle. I'm just wondering if they're going to put well, like on the Northway, they have telephones every so many like they should have. Of a mile. They should put in phones like every ten feet. <laughs> or those blue. What do they call them? Blue boxes. The blue boxes. So if if you need if you need the cops fast. You'd pull the button on the blue box. See what I'm saying? It's like breaking the glass on the old fire. Exactly. That's exactly. Whatever. All right. Thanks for thanks for the update. That's the story from Vestal making contemporary news. Ten forty one with Bob Joseph. WNBF. WNBF. dot com.
Yesterday my life was filled with rain Sunny You smiled at me and really eased the pain Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true I love you WNBF Bob Joseph live at 1045 Sunny Thank you for the sunshine you gave Sunny Thank you for the love you've brought my way You gave to me your all in all And now I feel ten feet tall Sunny one so true I love you Gary from Binghamton's West Side, you're on the air where did those songs go? Remember, you know, you could sing along to those songs. You can understand the words. And, and you know, they were happy songs. That was a happy, lifting. happy song. Yeah. I mean, where did those songs go? I don't think I sang along to a song on this century. You know, I can't think of it. So, uh, well, maybe Don't Worry, Be Happy. Was that this century? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that was I another Bobby. That, so. that was uh, Bobby... McFerrin, this was Bobby Hebb. So apparently people named Bobby. Bobby Hebb? Yeah, that was Bobby Hebb. Wow, I never would have guessed that. Wow. I, and yeah. uh, remember Bobby Goldsboro? Uh, uh, wait a minute. Yep, it's, yeah, I, I remember uh, his hair. And then uh, what's the name? Honey. Honey. And Honey, I Miss You, right? Uh, Isn't that Bobby Goldsboro? Yes, that was one of his big hits. Um, oh, watching Scotty grow. I'm going to... Oh, watching Scotty grow. I haven't heard that song. Bobby Goldsboro, stay tuned, America, because our next bumper song coming up in mere minutes on Music Radio 1290 is going to be watching Scotty grow. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I always wondered, because it was in the 70s, and I always thought, what is Scotty growing, weed? Oh, did he grow? <laughs> I don't know. I always, I always ask my mom, Mom... The song there on the Big E, that's back when they had a station in Endicott called the Big E, I turned to my mom and said, Mama, is Scotty growing weed? And she'd say, Bob, how do you know about Go things to your like room. That? Go to your room and, and write, write on, on the whiteboard, I will not ask Mom about weed. Write that a thousand times and then you can have a chocolate chip cookie. Well, how about when going to your room was punishment? Now you go to your room, you got a 42-inch TV, you got the internet. Yeah, you're doing the kid a favor. Yeah, I was going to my room anyway. Yeah, to get rid of you. Yeah, Yeah, really, really. I don't don't have to put up with you and your authoritarian finger-wagging, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to my room, and I'm going to watch some Netflix, and I'm going to make some calls... And I'm going to get a bunch of my friends over here. And, Mom, you better watch out the next time you try to punish Bobby. Right. Anyway, that's not why you called. What's on your mind? Well, you know, I was thinking about the Greenway, the bike path that's going to connect this, uh, the city of Binghamton downtown to the uh, university. And, you know, I think it's a good thing. Uh, but then I was thinking, boy, you know, where they're dumping them out, where they're dumping those bikes out downtown, I think it's coming over the walk bridge right there. What is that, Washington Avenue? I don't know. What the, what do they call that bridge, the walking bridge? 
that's downtown. Yeah, Washington Street. Yeah, the Washington Street Bridge. Right, so I think that's where they're going to come over, and then they leave them right there. And if you have to go to the west side, you're going to take your life in your hands going over the bridge that goes towards Riverside Drive. Who is going to provide who who is going to provide police protection, fire protection and EMS coverage for the Greenway? Will they have a new department to cover that? No. No, they would just whatever covers it now, they would cover it. But so that's why they're probably going to redo that bridge though, Bob, downtown, right? That's why they're going to make bike lanes and they're only going to make it two lanes for cars because if you drop the bikes there, yeah, that's a dangerous situation. You know what I heard they should, uh, I didn't hear it, but you know what they ought to do is just reopen that Washington Street Bridge, fix that up. If you're going to redo Memorial Bridge, then also fix up Washington Street Bridge. I mean, it's embarrassing to have a beautiful-looking bridge leading into downtown from the south side, and it can't be used by vehicles. I say reopen the thing, fix it, open it up, to vehicular traffic and with appropriate bike lanes and sidewalks for pedestrians. I mean, come on, we're a city on the move. Yeah, it's not wide enough. Well, but fix Bob, it. I well, then open it. Then open it only to small those little. What do they call them? Smart cars. Those little cars that weigh about uh, two hundred pounds or one hundred fifty yeah, pounds. The cars that are about six feet wide. Open them up to to cars of a certain size. But come on, man. You know that's that's an embarrassment. You know, either get rid of the bridge or reopen it so it's at least open. You could open it to cars. Come on. Regular cars, nah, not trucks. You, could. Nah. Not, you nah, could, and you should. You could put a trolley there or something. Money's like no object. You know, I, I try to, like you, I try to obey the laws the best I can. All right? But Whenever possible. Whenever possible, but I I admit, Bob, and I know this is one of your pet peeves. You're not going to like this, but I, I'm a bike rider, and I ride on the sidewalks when I cross that bridge from Riverside Drive because I'm not taking my life in hands. The cars are going anywhere from 40 to 50 miles an hour when they're on that bridge. Not all cars, but some of them are going that fast, especially coming into the west side. I ride on the sidewalk because... I don't want to get hit, you know? No, I don't ride a bike. I I used to love riding a bike, but I don't anymore because I I figure it's it's me versus some goofball. And by the way, if you're a goofball, I'm I'm not singling you out and don't take it personally. It's just a sort of um, I'm um, using a broad brush to talk about people who aren't paying attention while driving a car. But say a so-called goofball who's sexting with one hand and drinking a crappuccino with the other and steering the car with his right foot and giving the finger with his left foot. So he's not paying attention to me on the bike. And that's why I don't ride a bike anymore because I don't, I don't trust people. Yeah, it's, it's, it is dangerous. There's yeah. no question about I, that. I've, I cherish life. I'm pro-life. I am, too. Uh, but what about that? Do you think that that's the reason that they're putting in, you know, considering putting in bike lanes there? Sure. Because they're going to be dumping the bikes out. Sure. Right? There'll be hundreds. They had to do something. There'll probably be hundreds an hour, thousands a day. Of bikes? No. 
I don't know. I'm just you know, no. I, they probably won't get used half as a much lot, as they a lot think, of people. You know? A lot of people have said. I I, I have uh, some acquaintances who say they're spending like fifty million dollars on this greenway, and there's they're suggesting it's going to be used very minimally. And I say, well, we'll see. For that amount of money, it better be used quite a bit. It's a lot of money. Yeah, I don't. I don't picture college kids in the winter time. You know, riding their bikes. You know, like on a day like tomorrow, right? Right. Not going to be riding. Well, with the ice, the snow, the sleet, the wind. What? What college kid? Heck, what person of any age? So I don't know. We'll see. And they got to clean it off, right, Bob? So when it snows, they have to clean that off somehow with a plow or something. They're going to need a plow. They're going to need people to salt it. Then, after two years of salting to keep it safe, then the concrete will have disintegrated. So they're going to need a four million dollar renovation project to repair the crumbling concrete i see what this is like a make work program appreciate your call beverly from the town of dickinson good morning good morning bob uh when's trump going to be on today i heard uh, around uh, midnight around midnight i don't know i don't know what time i just heard it sometime tonight so i'm uh, i know i'll be watching whatever time he's Me on too. Whatever time he's on, I'm going to try to watch. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. A lot of people don't want him in. But you do. Well, I think there's other people, too. Oh, sure. There are millions of people who want him. That's true. Including I the FBI. There's <laughs> old Putin. Oh, Putin? My buddy. Well, Putin will write the first campaign check. Oh, I believe that. You know, what What better support, if you're running for president of the United States, what better, you know, maybe Putin will do a campaign commercial. Say, uh, from, one, from one you president to another. That guy's going to do. Yeah. So, you know, with support like that, uh, I believe he'll be a shoe in in 2024. Uh, I got it. I got it. I got a suspicion he's going to run. Well, we don't know. A lot of speculation is he's going to announce that he's running. But I personally, am, am my gut feeling is he's going to say, well, I was planning to announce tonight, but because of a, a rapidly changing situation, I'm going to consider it more, and then I'll have another big announcement in a month, like on um, Thanksgiving. During the Macy's, he'll he'll announce tonight that he'll actually, he'll have a big announcement during the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Well, you never know what he's going to do, Bob. That's the beauty. That's why we love him. We can't get enough of the guy. Love him or hate him, he's an American creation, and he truly is. Truly is. Unique. I know sometimes that word is overused, but in this case, it's appropriate. He is unique. I'm Bob Joseph, News Radio, WNBF. Hi. Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Bob Joseph live on a Tuesday morning on WNBF Binghamton. It's 11 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. 
Looking for increasing clouds today and a high in the lower 40s. And then the tables turn toward old man winter's advantage. It's time to get out the snow brush, the ice scraper, the gloves, make sure the snow blower is ready to go. As forecasters predict several inches of snow could fall in the twin tiers overnight and tomorrow. The National Weather Service in office in Binghamton has issued a winter weather advisory for Broome, Tioga, Cortland, Shenango, Delaware, Tompkins, Susquehanna, Bradford, and Wayne counties from 5 p.m. today to 11 a.m. tomorrow. According to the updated statement by NOAA at 3.40 this morning, the Binghamton area was projected to get mixed precipitation from the storm with total snow accumulations of one to four inches. Ice accumulation was expected to consist of a light glaze. Forecasters with the National Weather Service say a period of snow was projected to move into the region during the evening hours before likely changing over to a wintry mix of rain, freezing rain, sleet, and some lingering snow late tonight into the morning. The mixed precipitation could cause some issues on the roadways overnight and into the Wednesday morning commute. While the Binghamton Metro forecast was calling for overnight snow accumulation of about two inches with little or no ice accumulation on Tuesday, forecasters caution that the higher amounts of snow could pile up at those higher elevations. A Johnson City man is to spend four years in New York State Prison after admitting he cut his child's grandfather with a knife and broken glass during a dispute in Johnson City. 32-year-old David Mayella of Johnson City has been sentenced to prison time after he pleaded guilty to felony assault. Village police say Mayella attacked the older man with a piece of broken glass as they responded to a Pratt Avenue home several on February 29th, investigators previously said the injured man sustained several stab and slash wounds in the incident, and a child who was at the home at the time of the dispute was injured in a fall. Both were taken to Wilson Medical Center in Johnson City for treatment. Authorities say the grandfather, whose name was not released, had intervened in an argument involving Mayella and his child's mother when he was attacked. According to the Broome County District Attorney's Office, Mayella had a prior conviction for criminal possession of a gun and that was out of Albany County. Tech entrepreneur Brandon Williams has been elected to Congress in a district in central New York, becoming the 11th Republican to win a House seat this fall in a state where Democrats usually dominate. Williams defeated Democrat Francis Canole in this contest to pick a successor to U.S. Representative John Katko, a Republican who is retiring from office. He had declared victory last week, but the gap between the candidates was small. A Texas native and devout Christian. Williams is almost certain to be a more conservative voice in Washington than Katko, a moderate Republican who prized bipartisanship and was able to win repeatedly in a swing district. Williams opposes abortion rights, although he promised during the campaign not to vote for a national ban if elected. His win caps a remarkable midterm election for New York Republicans who came up short in campaigns for statewide offices like governor but overperformed their national colleagues in U.S. House races. The finishing touches are being applied to a massive indoor sports facility erected at the site of an air-supported dome that collapsed in the town of Union a couple years ago. The original dome of the Greater Binghamton Sports Complex off Airport Road in Choconut Center collapsed under the weight of heavy snow in that record-breaking storm December 2020. Then steel that had been erected for a replacement structure crashed down last November in a sudden burst of wind. No one was injured in either 
incident. A few activities already have been held inside the new facility that has about 90,000 square feet of playing surface. The grand opening is expected to be held soon. In addition to sports activities, the facility is being marketed for use for parties and other events. The National Weather Service in Binghamton has issued a winter weather advisory in effect from 5 p.m. today to 11 a.m. tomorrow with a possibility of 1 to 4 inches of snow and ice accumulations of a light glaze. Today, increase in clouds, a high in the low 40s. Tonight, a 90% chance of rain and freezing rain possibly mixed with snow before daybreak, then freezing rain and rain, a low in the low 30s. New ice accumulation of less than a tenth of an inch, new snow accumulation about two inches. This were news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph live on a Tuesday morning doing the job that few people dare to do. Live radio, no agenda, just you, me, microphone, and a telephone. 607-772-1290 to talk. Listening in America on WNBF. If you have something to say, go ahead and say it on the air with Bob Joseph. Let's go to Binghamton. We begin the hour with Vinny. Good morning. Yes, good morning, Bob. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the interview with Mike Pence. I thought that was uh, going to be important. Um, because there's just a lot of things that I wish that uh, he would say. And for for me, I think for the good of the country and everything else, you know, um, I wanted, I wish David had asked him a little bit more on his faith, because just, just watching Mike Pence, he seems like a, a, a very nice, very nice man, an individual. I really do. I think he wears his faith on his sleeve. Um, likes to talk about it. You can almost tell with his demeanor. Um, but when he's speaking, I mean, the stuff that he went through, the part where he was in the Capitol building and his wife was in there with him and, there, and he was sitting down and it shows her closing the curtain. And I wish questions like, and I know they only have so much time, but Mike, you see those people out there that want to come in here and hang you? Those are your supporters. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, they're not out there. Democrats and liberals that you guys talk about, they're not out there. That's your people. What do you think about that? And then the threat that Donald Trump basically blaming, oh, you know, he didn't, he didn't do right. Where does your faith come in? Because, and the only reason I say this is because you're one who talks about it all the time. Democrats don't bring it up. You talk about it all the time. So I want to know because... You know, oh, it was reckless. Do you understand Donald Trump, what he has done? Morally. Okay? Now, some people like him because he's got one issue, but we all understand Scripture. It's more than abortion. It's a lot more. 
and there could be more people like this coming. And the Christian right is watching you, Mike, because a lot of them don't want to say anything, but you could. They probably agree the same thing. Why is he here? But they don't want to say anything because they're afraid. They're scared. You're the 44th, 45th vice president of this great country. I know you talked about all about the country. I know I talk, you talked in this interview about how bold you were, and I'm not going anywhere, and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. No, you must talk about the situation. Okay, Donald Trump, yeah, it was religion. No, he, he, he wears that in his sock. You don't. Why don't you take a stand? I know what Scripture talks about. There's going to be places where you are put in our society, in our history, to say something. Don't get 10 years down the road, write a book and say, you know what? I should have said something else. It wasn't about just about me. Well, he, I, I think he, he is trying to, right now, the main reason for his interview with David Muir, the guy from Syracuse who now works in Manhattan at ABC News headquarters, I think the whole purpose is, is to sell books. But based on what snippets I've heard and seen, and I haven't heard the whole thing that ABC broadcast, I don't see how he's going to sell a darn book to anyone. I think, no. I think, his, I think his book is going to be about as successful as Andrew Cuomo's last book. You know, it, it seems yeah. to me, uh, unfortunately, but probably yeah. true, it's, it's very self-serving. Yeah, he's trying to cash in on his notoriety. And he's also clearly, desperately trying to lay the groundwork for a possible 2024 campaign. And Mike oh, Pence might be the nicest guy in the United States at the moment. He, he very well could be the nicest guy, buddies, friends. You might like to hang out with him. But he comes across to me, whether it was in that interview or during his four-year vice presidency, to me he comes across as uh, inauthentic and and that he's he's so constantly reserved. He's trying to be inoffensive. And by the way, I've listened to some tapes when he was a talk show host in Indianapolis hosting a program very similar to this one, except not as interesting. He... Um, he came across on on the air on the radio also as inauthentic and just boring and say what you will about the former guy one of the reasons he wound up winning four years in public housing isn't because he had the best policy ideas or because he had the best solutions to the nation's and the world's challenges it's because he was mr excitement mr reality show tv that, that garnered him some votes, and Americans, hey, Americans, I think many voted for Barack Obama because he, he had new ideas, and he also seemed exciting. When he spoke in interviews or at rallies or even in campaign commercials, you got a sense that there was um, some enthusiasm with Mike Pence. I don't know. I don't know what would make him enthusiastic about anything. Uh, well, um, uh, that's true. That that's really that's true. But it's it's to me, Bob. It's like Mike. You you almost like you've got too much politics in your blood. What I want you to do is the conviction and 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 the, the zero focus that you had when it came to abortion. You should have that same that same um, 
same instance, the same thing when it comes to saying, you know what, Donald Trump, he's wrong. You know, I've, I've stood, I've hid behind my faith for four years. I've seen what this man does. You guys, you saw it when Leslie Stahl interviewed the president and he said, oh, she's being, she's asking me two hard questions. He gets up and then you have to come in and cover for him. We saw that, Mike. Why I even you- forgot about that. Yeah, you know that the the, yeah. the the antics, the yeah. antics of the former guy. With I mean, and I got to tell you, I mean, and Leslie Stahl is not of all the people that sixty Minutes could have picked to interview Donald Trump. She was not the best choice. She's not a very good interviewer, in my yeah. opinion. And yeah. and you know for for Mr. Trump to basically pitch a fit and suggest that somehow Leslie Stahl was asking him tough questions. Oh, my gosh. Leslie Stahl, I don't think Leslie Stahl has asked a tough question since she was hired on 60 Minutes. Yeah. And, Bob, in that interview, it shows him in the office, and they go, they had told him, Mr. Vice President, we got to get out of here. They're close. Later on, he found out they were like 30 feet away. Oh, I don't know what they told me. He goes, no, they were coming to get you. And your wife is right there closing the curtain. We got to get you out of here, Mr. Vice President. And so they whisk him away going down, and they get down by the car, and they said, look, we need to get out of here. And you know, it was pointed to go over the bridge. Well, yeah, Mr. Vice President, you're trying to act like you're so tough, okay? You, we've got to get you out of here. So now your wife has been threatened. Your family's been threatened. And all you want to talk about is just reckless? You know, in, in its own way now, it reminds me of how Michael Dukakis answered that debate question. I think it was posed by Bernie Shaw from CNN about yep. uh, what if his, um, it was posed to uh, Governor Dukakis, something to the effect, what if your wife was sexually assaulted? And yep. uh, the response was, and I don't recall the specifics, but it was, mm-hmm. let's put it this way, it's totally inadequate. It, it was it was a measured calm response, but if somebody, let's face it, if somebody asked me that type of question about someone I loved and cared about during a debate, yep. I would throw caution to the wind, and yep. I I would show some emotion. And well, that now, and I can't remember if that was a death penalty question or whatever, but you know, let's here's yeah, it was a here's just with the. Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah, they had a uh, um, matter of fact. Well, that's a long story. If I say that, would be a long story. But Bobby, no, I will not. Well, let me just play this one that. clip because I haven't heard this clip before. But it's only three seconds. I want to hear. Yep. I want to hear the power of Mike Pence's response to this question because apparently this is what opened up the uh, David Muir interview, speaking about his experiences inside the Capitol on Insurrection Day says the former vice president revealed how he felt as he watched from a small TV in his office the rioters breach the Capitol. What did you make of what you were seeing? It infuriated me. It infuriated him. I mean, listen, one more time, just for good measure, in case you were driving on the parkway trying to stop at that intersection where they put in a new traffic signal and it caught you by surprise. Listen carefully to the the power, the conviction in the response that Mike Pence gave to David Muir on ABC. What did you make of what you were seeing? It infuriated me. Wow. 
you know, that lack of passion alone is probably the singular reason why Republicans won't consider him seriously to be their nominee in two years. You need nope. passion. If you want a job, I don't care if you want a job working at a um, Binghamton talk show for three hours. Show some passion. Show yeah. some enthusiasm. It infuriated me. It's like he's yeah. reading reading yeah. copy for uh, Dulcilax. Come on, man. <laughs> Absolutely. And Bob, I want to say, I remember Mario Cuomo, when they asked him about that thing with Mike Dukakis, he goes, because it was about it was about the death penalty, and Mike and Mario Cuomo said uh, he goes, "I'll tell you what, if I had gotten my hands on that guy, I probably would have strangled him." But when it comes to the death penalty, no, I'm not for it. So you know, like you said, you, you show some emotion. And well, that's that's, that's, still- that's the thing because whether people like it or not, I've mentioned it before. I am opposed to the death penalty, but I'll tell you if. Bernard Shaw asked me that kind of a provocative question during a presidential debate. Oh, my gosh. And, well, let's, I just looked it up. Let me, let me see if I can play this, because even though this goes back to a different century, this goes, this was the 1988 presidential debate. Question posed by Bernard Shaw of CNN. And the candidate was the Democratic nominee, Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis. Listen to the lack of passion in the response to a very provocative question. The first question goes to Governor Dukakis. You have two minutes to respond. Governor, if Kitty Dukakis were raped and murdered, would you favor an irrevocable death penalty for the killer? No, I don't, Bernard, and I think you know that I've opposed the death penalty during all of my life. Uh, I don't see any evidence that it's a deterrent, and I think there are better and more effective ways to deal with violent crime. We've done so in my own state, and it's one of the reasons why we have uh, had the biggest drop in crime of any industrial state in America, why we have the lowest murder rate of any industrial state in America. So... So there you go. Now, I got to say, if Bernie Shaw or anybody else asked me if I was running for any office, governor of New York, mayor of Binghamton, president of the United States, and they posed that type of question to me, oh my, I mean, first of all, because it's, and it was intentionally a provocative question, and I give Bernie Shaw credit for posing the question in such a personally framed manner um even though a lot of people probably i can't recall if uh, mr shaw was criticized for making framing the death penalty question in such a personal way for governor dukakis but it was perfect because it really showed us something about the man i'm not saying that he's a bad guy but i'm saying sometimes you need to show emotion and i think probably 98% 98% of the people who were viewing that were saying, Michael, come on, man, get a grip and, and show what you really would think. Maybe you are theoretically against the death penalty, but tell Bernie Shaw in America what you would do to the guy. Yeah. What, or yeah. at least what you would feel like doing. Say yeah. that. Say, it, yeah. you know, Bernie, 
That's a very, very difficult question for me to face, to even imagine under the worst possible circumstances that could ever happen. But since you've asked the question, I would be blind with rage. If I had access to weapons, I would use them all. I'd be inclined. I mean, choose your words carefully, but and then right. and then say after say if he was allocated 60 seconds and the final 5 seconds, say I would certainly understand anyone anyone for feeling that way in that circumstance. However, I as uh, a person with strong beliefs, I still am just in theory opposed to the death penalty. But in that particular yeah. case, Mr. Shaw, I can't tell you specifically how I would feel if the culprit were caught and tried and convicted of doing what you said in, in, in the premise of your question. Because yeah, I don't think any of us can. Yeah. I, I mean, again, yeah. when you personalize it, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. I've thought about it. And I'll be the first to admit, hey, if, if something happens involving someone who I know and love, all bets are off. Right. Yeah. So, Why you know. Have a debate. But, and that's, again, now, that, that question, now, I submit to you, Dukakis was going to lose anyway mm -hmm. in that presidential election, but that, that basically sealed it. Well, it, Bob, that the, with the helmet in the tank, that was like, what well, doing? <laughs> well, that's another thing, you know, exactly. Who told him to do that? And and remember, I mean, there were other things too that were part of the campaign. There's another. Yeah. I'll say Michael Dukakis, again, may have been a good guy. I don't know. Never. I don't mm -hmm. believe. I'm trying to remember, actually, if he took his campaign in 1988. I'm trying to remember if he actually was in Binghamton during the campaign. I almost think he was. It seems like Jesse Jackson was in uh -huh. town in 88. Yep. I can't remember. Seems yeah. Actually, I think Dukakis did stop in Binghamton. And I, I have vague memories. But, again, it probably is because he made such a... A minimal impression. I mean, I, I have more memories of Jesse Jackson being in Binghamton than uh, recalling Michael Dukakis. I do. I do think yeah. Dukakis was here, but I, I think it probably, even then, on the day of the event, after after he gave his rousing campaign speech, it probably evoked a yawn among the reporters who were there. Appreciate your call. It's 1127. We'll be taking more calls coming up. 607-772-1290. Or send an email. Bob at WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph. This is News Radio, WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. The holiday.
11.30, Bob Joseph Live, standing by for a very big announcement. Coming up, between now and the end of the program, it's a big announcement. Live at News Radio, WNBF, 607-772-1290. And, um, hey, looking back, looking back. It's no wonder, no wonder I forgot about Mike Dukakis. <laughs> the headline, when he was in Binghamton, the headline on page one of the Press and Sun Bulletin, on April 16th, 1988, the headline says, Somber Dukakis stirs crowd. Yeah. I, uh, I have really no recollection of that fascinating Friday from 30, what was it, 34 and a half years ago. Somber Dukakis stirs crowd. The story was by E.J. Consola of the Press. Members of the National Press Corps following Governor Michael Dukakis have described him as remote, unable to elicit an emotional response from even his most ardent supporters. So, yes, that's... That probably sums up his appearance in Binghamton. He was at the Polish community home in the town of Dickinson. According to Konzola's story, roughly 500 people packed the Polish community home. Dukakis attending a rally to promote his bid for the Democratic nomination for the presidency walked into a reception noisy enough for the welcoming of a rock star. The crowd roundly cheered his entrance, interrupted his brief speech a number of times with applause, and gathered around him as he was leaving, even knocking on the windows of his van as it pulled out in an attempt to get autographs, pictures, or even a nod. Wonderful turnout. Those were the first words by the candidate as he collapsed in his seat in the van after the rally. <sighs> Even reading about it on the front page of the Press and Sun Bulletin makes me sleepy. There's a picture of him by Keith Hitchens. Massachusetts Governor Dukakis urges followers not to relax just because polls show he's in the lead. So also that same day, this is when New York was in play, by the way. This is when candidates actually showed up frequently in New York. This is before the New York primary. And Don Sabara, Don Sabara wrote a story about Senator Albert Gore Jr. He came to Binghamton sounding more like a favorite son than a man running third in a three-way race. Promising to put the White House back on the side of working men and women, Gore insisted that the polls have been wrong before and that New York voters like an underdog. And he was at the VFW Post 478. So that those were the good old days when candidates actually showed up in places like Binghamton. Of course, they did show up. Remember in 2016 they showed up. We had... 
that one guy, the Republican, who, who showed up at the Forum Theater for a taping of a fabulous show by a Fox News personality. And that one guy, he was a Republican. And then a few days later, we had the Democrat at the arena. That was all in one week. Monday, they had a Republican candidate at the forum. And then Friday, they had a Democratic candidate at the arena. Those were the days. That was a good... That was a good week of local news. 11.35 at WNBF. Morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It would be Jesse from Owego. How are you doing this morning, Bob? Super. I think one of the funniest times back then with Dukakis is when he put that helmet on and got inside that tank, and they they roasted the living crap out of him. And I think that was the... One of the biggest turndowns for that guy. That was almost as funny as when Lockheed Martin put that guy from Cable News in inside their vehicle down there in Owego and said, here, you drive. Remember the, when the guy from Cable News, News 10 Now, wrecked the uh, Lockheed Martin thing? Oh, yes. It was the most untypical over-altering vehicle ever, and I, I won't forget. I, I'll never forget that. All I seen him do was uh, roll his eyes. He just turned around and walked away. Well, it wasn't his fault. The, the no, guy was Neil St. Clair from News 10 Now. And uh, this is one of my favorite stories of all time. And, and I still kick myself. That happened, happened over a decade ago. And it was one of those things. It was a photo op. Lockheed Martin was trying to sell military vehicles to the U.S. government, so they decided that it would be clever to have a photo op at their Owego plant. And then they said to reporters, hey, do you want to drive this on our test track? And you know where yeah. I'm talking about, out, out oh, yeah. behind the plant there. So they've got this test track, and they, they give the keys to Neil St. Clair. He's driving around for about 30 seconds before he flipped it at the bottom of the hill. And so Neil St. Clair, as well as a photographer for News 10 Now, and the Lockheed test driver wound up getting hurt. I remember the engineer's name, but I'm not going to say it on air because I know his family all too well. But anyway, I just happened to be driving by, and I seen this photo op and stuff going on. So I pulled over. I'm like, hey, what's going on? They go, well, they're about to test out this new Humvee. It's, you know. You can't tip it over or do anything. And when it did, I was laughing so hard, I just turned around, got in my van, and I left. <laughs> Hopefully no one's got my picture in there somewhere because <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing, bud. <laughs> you know the guy? The guy? Yeah. Wait, hold on a second. This is... Starts Let's with listen. D. <laughs> What's his okay. first name? Uh, Lewis? I, well, I forget him by first name. Yeah, I mean, the, oh, I know. So he, he was a vice president for the company. He said, he's the one who said you can't tip it over. Yep, that's right. Well, let, let's listen. This is how Fox 40, WICZ, this is how the story was presented by Larry Sperano that night on Fox 40. Because, again, in all my life, see, I didn't go there because back then we weren't doing too much for our website. I mean, if it was today, 
if it was today and they set set up this sort of um, dog and pony show, I would be there with bells on. But we weren't doing too much for our website back then. So I said, well, this is basically something for TV. So I didn't go. And, and so all these years later, I've been kicking myself. But let's listen how it was presented by Fox 40 News that night uh, when Neil St. Clair made a legend. He, he became legendary. Evening. What was planned as a morale-boosting demonstration for the media turned into a public relations disaster for Lockheed Martin and Owego today. Fox 40's Sarah Boisonas was at the scene when it all went wrong. Sarah. Larry, the mood at Lockheed Martin was cheerful early this afternoon. The company unveiled the prototypes of four joint-like tactical vehicles, JLTVs, that could replace military Humvees. It gave members of the local media the chance to test drive the all-terrain vehicles. Here's what happened on the test track. A News 10 Now reporter was test driving Lockheed Martin's new JLTV down a steep incline and around a turn when it flipped on its side. None of the three people inside were seriously hurt, but the crash was a big surprise for some in light of how the company was describing the vehicle just an hour before. I, I have to tell you, that vehicle is hard to tip over. The defense manufacturer was... <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tip over, so we'll give the keys to Neil St. Clair and see what he can do. See what... I, I still have mixed emotions because I wish I had been there, but I also am smart enough to know that if I had been there, it probably would have been me who had flipped the thing over. And that, that'd wow. be just my luck that, you know, more than a decade later, people would still be, you know, commenting on my driving skills. And let's face it, I mean, that's a, that's a very specialized vehicle. It's a vehicle with a high center of gravity. And so I don't blame Neil St. Clair. I don't blame anyone in particular. I just think it was, how can I put this delicately? Oh, I can't. It was a stupid idea to allow reporters to drive that thing, especially when they were hoping to land a, a very big military contract. You know, the other thing is it spoils it for good people like me because you can bet going forward Lockheed Martin is never going to, offer that opportunity again to reporters i was hoping if it had gone well i was hope hoping if if the demonstration of that military vehicle if it went well that they would have another thing a few months later to demonstrate the presidential helicopter because i wanted to fly the vh-71 but obviously they changed their mind about that <laughs> can you imagine it's like and it, tonight on fox 40 there is an air of anxious anticipation at the Lockheed Martin helicopter plant off Route 17C in Owego until a radio talk show host got behind the controls of the $140 million prototype Marine One helicopter. Sarah Blazonis tells us what happened next. Well, Larry, you know Bob Joseph, the guy who used to work for WNBF? Yeah. Well... <laughs> Well, the good news is he survived. Bad news is that $140 million VH-71 prototype, that's a smoldering mess. And then, think, you know, then they would have to work out like some kind of deal where they take, take out a little bit from my paycheck every, every month to help pay off the, you know, the cost of the prototype. Well, if you uh, converted that into cryptocurrency, it just might be set, Bob. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Well, those were good times. I mean, unfortunate thing for the test vehicle flipping over. Nobody was seriously hurt, but you have to admit, you have to admit that was probably one of the most memorable media events in the history of Tioga County. It's 1142, Bob Joseph, just thinking about a few things on this Tuesday morning on WNBF 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, always available on the free WNBF app. Eleven forty-five. Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF WNBF.com six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. If you would like to talk on the radio on this Tuesday morning. Interesting uh, column in the Times of New York this morning. Michelle Goldberg breaks down what she calls four stark lessons from a Democratic upset. And she's talking about what happened in the state of Washington, where uh, a Democratic candidate defeated a Republican candidate, a guy who was a stolen election conspiracy theorist endorsed by the former guy. So um, an election denier was defeated by a Democrat who was actually making sense. And some of the takeaways, four lessons from the Democratic upset. This is the column by Michelle Goldberg. One, Democrats need to recruit more working class and rural candidates. That, I think, is accurate. I think actually both parties would do better to get more working class and rural candidates if they want the voters to somehow think they care, find some candidates who are actually uh, familiar with the working class or rural America. Two, voters can see the link between abortion bans and authoritarianism. Well, that could be the topic for a whole different program. Uh, three, MAGA Republicans are stuck in a media echo chamber. And her point is, and it's not just MAGA Republicans, I think a lot of people are stuck in a media echo chamber, especially now with the Internet and with podcasts, where you can choose, you can select a website or a podcast or a cable news program or radio news program that basically reflects your worldview, and it will be nice and warm and comforting because the host... And guests and callers, if callers are allowed, will generally support your worldview. So you feel good. It's like, ah, see, other people agree with me. Ah, so echo chambers. You have to watch out for that. Not, not just Republicans or Democrats, everybody. Watch out for echo chambers. The other thing is, uh, she said, data isn't everything, personally. I would say data aren't everything, but she says data isn't everything. And she noted that um, the polls were, in many cases, wrong. Well, it's just true. That's why 
when it comes to public opinion polls, I rarely indulge in the public opinion polls. I know other program hosts, including many on this station, afternoon, love the polls. Oh, the the Rasmussen poll, the uh, Gumby poll. I don't put much credibility in, in the polls. I know it takes up lots of time on, on radio and TV programs before elections. I always say every race is probably going to be close, and in the end it will depend on the turnout. So depending on how many people actually turn off the TV or turn off the radio and get off their butts and go vote, that will actually affect how these elections will turn out. As far as public opinion polls, eh, I'm not saying they shouldn't. the results shouldn't be published. I'm saying to spend much time discussing them is basically an exercise in futility. Because as even the pollsters themselves say, the best that they can uh, conclude with their polls, it represents just a snapshot of a moment in time. And times are constant. Things are always, always changing, especially now with social media. It's 11.50. Bob Joseph speaking live on WNBF. Welcome. News Radio 54, as promised, a big announcement. I'm Bob Joseph. And I know earlier there was speculation about the likelihood of me being able to make it here to the station tomorrow because of the impending winter-like weather. Uh, the big announcement is, regardless of the weather, even if road conditions are icy, snowy, and treacherous i will be here tomorrow i will not let you down i know because of the impending drama surrounding the former guy many people will be interested in knowing what i have to say about it so i will be here tomorrow at my appointed time in front of this microphone regardless of the risk i put myself through to get here so that is my official announcement uh, cannot be changed. I will be here tomorrow morning from 9 to noon to discuss what that guy actually says on WNBF and WNBF.com. 
Just two words in closing. Mission accomplished. It's 12 noon. This is WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.